Welcome to the Second Course Podcast, a production of Coppell Bible Fellowship. Every week we discuss our sermon series to expand on what God is teaching us. Grab a chair and join us at the table. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coppell Bible's The Second Course Podcast. It's Nathan, and I hope you guys had a great 4th of July, but we're back in the saddle sitting down around the table with Michael and Barkef. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Loving life. Yep. Did you guys have a good day off yesterday? Oh, yeah. Classic 4th. Yeah. Filled nice. with fun and friends, fireworks. Too much food. Fun friends and Not, And some alliteration. So <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. get there. Fun friends, fireworks. Food. Yeah. What else? Food, fun, friends, and fireworks. There Here we go. go. There you go. Well, yeah, good. That's awesome. It, was, uh, it wasn't as bad heat-wise, but, you know, it was still pretty warm. But I'm glad you guys had a good time. Barkef, you are uh, on standby. Yes, You're waiting still, for that baby still, to get here. Absolutely, absolutely. What is it? I'm due, waiting, day, due day Friday? Friday. Oh, I'm Friday. waiting for Official your phone to buzz right in the middle right of this. Here, right now. Okay. So if you uh, feel like Barkef drifts off at some point, <laughs> there's probably a very good reason. So. And those that don't know, Barkef's not pregnant. Uh, no, you, it's not you. his baby coming. Yes. It is yes. a grandbaby. It is grandbaby. Right. Very first one. We're all excited for him. Yeah, so Ben and Abby. But uh, we're going to dig into it today. This is interesting because this is the third time that we have really come back on this passage. Because after our podcast last week, we were talking about uh, wrapping up, and we devoted some time to this uh, these particular verses we're going to talk about today. We. We're sitting around the table and thought, you know what? Maybe we need to uh, commit another Sunday to it. And so, Barkef, right. you did that. And unfortunately, we had uh, – I wasn't able to sit in. Not unfortunately, but I wasn't able to sit in because we had some children's ministry I was helping out with and things. Michael, you did. Mm-hmm. But we're going to hit it again mm-hmm. and maybe expand on it a little bit more. So, Barkef, why don't you walk us through again where we were this Sunday, catch us up, and then you know where we went a little bit further. i wasn't in there so i don't know did you (laughs) so two weeks ago we were in luke chapter 16 verses 1 and following and in the process we dealt with the unjust steward toward the end of the unjust steward parable as you know those of you've been listening we've been in the parables uh, there's a confrontation between jesus and the pharisees and there are these three interesting verses that he hits on uh, concerning the Pharisees who are scoffing at his teaching. And he goes from these, what could be very difficult verses to understand, context, why in the world he's bringing up certain subject matter right off of that particular parable about the unjust steward. And then he goes into another parable or perhaps a, a historical account, a, a story, and there's a little debate on whether or not uh, the rich man and Lazarus story, if, if that is a historical account being uh, taught by Jesus or if it's another parable, and we'll discuss that in just a little bit. But the verses that stuck out to us and that we touched on last week and then felt like, according to my colleagues here, that we probably <laughs> ought to do it from the pulpit, had to do with his comments, Jesus' comments toward the Pharisees concerning divorce and remarriage. Mm -hmm. And the point we made on Sunday is that uh, divorce really, he really wasn't giving a full teaching on divorce. He was rather simply uh, illustrating a point concerning the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. And as we deal, let's just step into Luke uh, chapter 16, 
14 and reiterate those verses. Now, the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, if you remember with me, those of you who have been following along, that the unjust steward discussion is all about material wealth and how wise we should be as those who know that we're going to live forever with the Lord, that we should be planning forward for what that life will be like. So now he's coming back to the Pharisees, and he says, Now the Pharisees who were lovers of money were listening to all these things, the teaching of Jesus, and were scoffing at him. And he, Jesus, said to them, that is the Pharisees, You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of of God, and he is referencing the fact that they're turning their nose up at his teaching. In reality, the Lord, God Almighty, is turning up his nose at the way the Pharisees have been uh, embracing the world's values rather than sticking with the truth of the law and the prophets. And then he goes to verse 16 and following. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John, that is John the Baptist. Since that time, the gospel of the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is forcing his way into it. But it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of the letter of the law to fail. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and who marries one who is divorced from a husband commits adultery. Now, this brought up the whole subject of adultery, and, and we can note right off the back that Jesus is not going to the full treaties mm-hmm. about adultery. He's highlighting the fact that the Pharisees have watered down and changed the meaning of the Old Testament law and prophets, specifically Deuteronomy 24.1, concerning when God would allow, not require, but allow divorce in the law. And that would be if a spouse were to commit adultery, then uh, the offended party had the right but didn't have to, had the right to give a certificate of divorce. And we talked last week about the fact that, in fact, even in today, divorce and remarriage happens, We even within Christian homes. And the truth of the matter is when an offended party has the opportunity to give a certificate of divorce, the better situation is that that would be worked out between the couple and that the marriage, for the sake of testimony, for the sake of the love, of the commitment, mm-hmm. and for the children would work that out. But sometimes that doesn't happen, and mm-hmm. folks do end up getting divorced. And we discuss the fact that in further teaching we find out that the grace of God covers all sin, mm-hmm. save rejecting Christ as your substitute, and therefore, even within the church, we have those who have had the sting of divorce, and they of all people know why the Lord says, I hate divorce, mm-hmm. because it is so harmful to so many, not just the two individuals involved, but extended family and the community itself. But the no-divorced person who now is walking with Christ need to consider their identity to be the fact they're a divorcee, but rather their identity for every Christian is my identity, is Christ alone, and you can walk with your head high and move forward as you walk in the truth. Now, with that said, Jesus goes on and he says, do not think that I came to abolish the law and the prophets, which helps us understand why he even brings up this whole issue. Uh, 
I came. I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets. I didn't. I came to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Now that's from Matthew five verse seventeen, which is a parallel passage to our mm-hmm. Luke sixteen. <clears throat> the point being that the Pharisees had mistakenly. Uh, continued to hold on to the thought that they could earn their way into heaven. And the fact is, no one earns their way into heaven. Mm-hmm. We, we uh, experience salvation through humbling ourselves through the person of Christ and his promise and recognize that he has paid it all. Mm-hmm. So why then does he get into this story about the rich man and Lazarus? <clears throat> well, we find that we actually have an occlusio beginning with Luke chapter 16, verse 16, and then coming down to verse 31. So I want to read verse 31. This is at the end of the story about the rich man and Lazarus, and here's what it says. But he, in the story, Abraham says to the rich man, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded even if someone were to rise from the dead. Mm. Now, in this, you can see the inclusio, the law and the prophets, Moses and the prophets. What he's saying is the law was given to show us, to tutor us to the reality that we needed that perfect substitute mm-hmm. for our sin mm. because the law teaches us that we can never live righteously enough to earn salvation. Mm. We have a sin principle that we wrestle with. The law was given for two reasons, to restrain evil and to teach us that we need a perfect sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So that is what takes Jesus into the story about the rich man and Lazarus. Now, (laughs) I feel like I'm re-preaching the sermon, but y'all hang in there with (laughs) me. We're with you. I got this. This is really good stuff. This is good. (laughs) So the rich man and Lazarus is a story that Jesus goes into. The reason that many, and I would agree with this, believe that this is an historical account, not just a proverb, is because Lazarus is named. Mm. So if it's a proverb, it's an exceptional one, and it's the only one in which a character within the story is actually named. And so there's a reason to say, no, this is an actual story. But even if it is a proverb, as we discussed on Sunday, a proverb A, a parable. Is, I'm sorry. sorry. Thank you. Parable. Correct me. A parable. <laughs> thank you for correcting me. No, that's okay. A so, proverb and, and a parable kind of are right, similar. All right. Yeah. So the reason that it, it uh, even if it is a parable, that there's some truth being taught here is because a parable is a true-to-life story. Now... This story, it's about two men who have passed away. We talk about their lives on this earth, and then we talk about them going to Sheol or Hades. Hades is the New Testament version of Sheol, which is the place of the dead. So this is not, even though your translations calls it hell, Hmm. it's not hell as most Christians think of hell. It is a temporary place for the dead until Judgment Day Mm. in which all will go to their just rewards, Mm -hmm. which for the believer is going to be instantly into the presence of the Lord. For the unbeliever is going to be eventually the lake of fire, Mm -hmm. which is what most people are thinking of when they think of hell. They think of that permanent place, which is actually the lake of fire. Hades, or this translation hell here, is actually the place of the dead. It's Mm -hmm. where all dead go, whether you're a believer Mm. or an unbeliever, until the time of Christ. And so he tells the story of a rich man 
and and this rich man has a, a a luxurious life. He's dressed in purple and linen, which speaks to the ancient Near East of extremely wealthy person mm-hmm. who lives in splendor. Literally, he is filled with everything he ever wants. And there's a poor man named Lazarus who is apparently paralytic. He's laid daily at the gate. So the fact that this rich man has property that has a gate to it before it even gets to his house shows how rich he is. And this poor man, Lazarus, is set at his gate. And the reason in the ancient Near East, or even today, that a poor person would be laid by their family members in front of a rich man's home is because rich people go there, rich Mm -hmm. people visit there. And the hope would be that the rich person would pass this poor person and give him alms. Well, we don't hear that. Rather, what we hear is that the rich man is eating sumptuously and the poor Lazarus is wishing that he could have the crumbs that fall under the table. And then we hear about the dogs, who in the ancient Near East are actually the scavengers Mm -hmm. and are mean. In this case, the dogs are being merciful to Lazarus, literally licking his wounds, whereas uh, the rich man is not said to have any kind of interaction with Lazarus at all. Now, both men pass away. Lazarus, it says, he passes away. The rich man, he says, has, is buried. So it shows that Lazarus is so poor, he doesn't even have a burial. The rich man has a normal, wealthy man's burial, and they both go to Sheol. One is in the tormented part part of Sheol, which is a temporary tormented part until you get to the lake of fire. And the other, that is Lazarus, is in uh, what one scholar put it, the (laughs) air-conditioned portion of Sheol, meaning that he's awaiting the return of Christ, Mm -hmm. and Christ will come and take him to be with him forever. But he's now in what's known as Abraham's bosom. Now that phraseology itself references the fact that he, he, Jesus is telling this historic account to get the attention of the Pharisees, mm. because Abraham is their great hero, the hero of the faith. Mm-hmm. And they assume that because they're wealthy, they must be living well, because God blesses those who are living well, mm-hmm. and they have turned the meaning of the Old Testament law upside down. And he's Jesus is demonstrating to them that the fact that you're wealthy today does not mean that you are necessarily righteous, Mm. and the fact that Lazarus is poor does not mean that he's necessarily evil. Mm. Rather, Lazarus's name means he who is helped of the Lord. Mm. Now that speaks Mm. volumes. So Lazarus, even though he's poor, did look to the Lord throughout his life, and therefore he understood the meaning of the law that he needed to look to God's provision mm-hmm. for his salvation. Meanwhile, the Pharisees are doing the opposite. They think they're earning their way in. Now we find that Lazarus is in a, a, a place of peace and encouragement from Abraham, and the rich man is in torment. And he sees Lazarus, and he yells out, not to Lazarus, but he yells out to Abraham, Abraham, send Lazarus to dip his finger in the water to come and cool my tongue. And Abraham says, do you not remember how you lived when you were on this earth? Mm. And do you remember how Lazarus lives now? So this is clearly a lesson to the Pharisees. Mm Don't depend on your own righteousness. Mm. Do what Lazarus did, did and look for the help of the Lord, which is exactly mm-hmm. what the law was pointing to. 
Now, finally, we find that the rich man, I'll kind of shorten this story. The rich man says, hey, uh, do me a favor, Abraham, and send Lazarus back from the dead to preach to my brothers so that they will be warned. He has five brothers who are still on the earth that they would be warned and not end up in this place of torment. And that's where Abraham says, no, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he, the rich man, says to Abraham, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. To which Abraham answers the rich man who's in torment. But he said to him, If they, that is your five brothers who are still on this earth, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, if you will, the law and the prophets, the word of God, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Mm. Meaning, if they will not read the Law and the Prophets accurately and understand it's a tutor to lead them to Christ, then even a miracle performed before their very eyes won't convince them. So the bad news is, if you're looking for a miracle to be convinced of the truth of the Word of God, you may truly be, if you will, out of luck. But... If you will look to the Word of God and treat it as a truth that it is, it will lead you to Christ. Mm. The good news for us is that all we have to do as far as our part in helping share the good news is to share the truth of the Word of God and allow that to persuade those that we care about Mm -hmm. and our neighbors and our extended neighbors. We have the ability to participate in what God is doing simply by sharing the truth of the love of God mm. in the love of Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. Now, that was a lot. I it know was. it was a lot, boys. That's Thank you for right. tuning in to the Second Course Podcast. <laughs> all right, well, we'll see you guys episode. next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's so encouraging, though. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard to get through or maybe that's why I had to break it down, and I'm glad you did. I'm glad you didn't go into all of that two weeks ago. But as you were opening it up to us in the podcast last week, it was you're seeing this play out and you're seeing where all this connects and you're seeing the encouragement in it. And the encouragement is because my natural self wants to go earn my way. Right. right. Yeah. And, and you're seeing yeah. that that's not it. It's right. not that. Right. Uh, it's to lead you to Christ, the, the perfect place you can be. Absolutely. And so mm-hmm. what a, um, man, what just a lesson for every single person, whether you, like ourselves, pastors around a table, we know this truth, but we need to be reminded of it. New people who are coming in who who may not know this truth yeah. or may have been taught something different that's not right. Right. That maybe there is a little bit of earning that you need to do to, yeah. to, to get to him and, and to get heaven. And it's just to lay it all down and to end with that. It's like, no, we don't. We well, This is to get us back to where we need to be, which is in front of Christ, exactly. understanding that it's only through him. Exactly. And so that's just encouraging to hear. And I'm glad I'm glad you did it. Yeah. I'm glad we spent three yeah. podcasts yeah. and, a, and a ser- two sermons, I guess, uh, kind of talking it, about this. This is not anything serious, but it's funny to me because you're telling the story, and I remember the flannel graph for this story. <laughs> from years ago. <laughs> from years and years ago. The rich man and Lazarus always stuck in my head. But I can remember my, my teacher, Sunday school teacher, using the flannel graph on it. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right, Michael. I think that's when we bring it back to it's Christ only. And, you know, you cannot earn. The refreshing, it's fun to watch people get that. Mm-hmm. And to see just this 
wave of relief of saying, wait a minute, you know, that's really all it is. And, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing that is a testimony of God's love, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, that he cares for his creation so much for, for us as his uh, created people that he wants us to turn to him. Well, even think about nowadays, how many, you know, even pastors or commentaries do Mm -hmm. you read that have this hint of, or even confusion about this? Sure. And it's this hint of, you know, the the beautiful illustration of the Hebrew letter or Hebrew word you brought up Sunday. Yeah. And how that one little stroke, itty-bitty piece, changes the word up to the opposite meaning, essentially. And to think that that's what happens. They look at a text, they look at... And turn a, a it book, upside down. And they yep. take a little thing and they change just a little piece of it, but it changes everything. For Jesus to go, no, 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 no. Let let me tell Let's you what this is reality. about. Well, and that and that charge to us, you know, you just said it is like if they don't read it correctly, mm-hmm. and that should be the drive and a desire for us. I want to read this correctly. Right. I just don't want to read it. I want to understand it. And you know, and we've talked about this many, many times. Is mm-hmm. That's going back to the author (laughs) saying, you know, don't say what the author didn't intend. Exactly. Well, even this morning, another pastor came into our office this morning and that pastor at our church and we're just talking through sermon series. And he said, I just want to be honest with the text. And that's it. Be honest with the text. And this is what you have to do. Well, the whole idea that we were talking about the parables, um, that they are, they can be confusing if you're not willing to dig in. Yeah, yeah. and and we need to do that. And it, this is a section that's clearly easily misunderstood if you're not willing to put the time in and say, mm-hmm. "No, wait a minute, this thing, this seems out of context. Why do you suddenly bring this up?" And then you see the mm-hmm. whole inclusio going on here, and you go, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And the other thing, obviously, we can learn a lot about the the afterlife by looking, the immediate afterlife by looking at this passage, Mm -hmm. but that really wasn't the whole point. Mm -hmm. The point was to get finally to the reality that these guys who basically were doing the ancient Near East version of prosperity theology, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. what they were doing. And it's like, no, no, that's not what this is about, and you're completely misunderstanding it. And, And we need to know that too, that the poorest of people, they're not poor. Because they're sinners, <laughs> right? right. Yeah. They're poor because we live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. That's why they're poor. And then we sh- we should be of all people those who show compassion, and that's exactly the opposite that was mm. going on here. Because uh, twisted theology, and we yeah. want to have we want to cut it straight. And Jesus said, "I I came that you might have life and might have it to the full." He's not talking about material mm-hmm. blessing. Mm-hmm. He's talking about really fulfilling the purpose for which you were put on this planet. Yeah. And that's life to the full. And mm-hmm. to be able to be one who can share with others what Jesus said, I'm the way, the mm-hmm. truth, and life. And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what the law was teaching, and that's what we're to be teaching mm-hmm. yeah. and share that good news. Well, that's a lengthy text. And like mm-hmm. you said, if people don't put in the time, it can be confusing. So I, yeah. I thank you. appreciate the fact that I, I knew you put in the time. I also appreciate the fact that when we're going, man, you should consider preaching this and you going with that and yeah. diving into it. And that says it. something to be able yeah. to say, hey, we really want you to understand it. We don't want anybody to walk out and at least hear mm-hmm. the, exactly. you know, more time put into a, a difficult passage and then say, you know, this is this is – you know what God's saying here. Well, it is interesting because it is so 
difficult and lengthy, but mm-hmm. the essence is you can't do it without Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The simplicity the of the message yeah. is buried. It's not buried, but it's yeah. in. It's but woven it, into this longer. This yeah. To get back to that central truth, which every sermon probably gets back to that central truth yeah. or, or should at least be highlighted. But that's the thing. What person in the congregation or even listening to the podcast or, or watching online needs to know that truth. Yeah, and absolutely. you even ended with sharing a story about a couple who didn't know that truth. And you were able to just this last week share that truth with them, and uh, it was just powerful. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's sweet. It's a, it's a such a privilege that we have, and I don't take it for granted. I know you guys mm-hmm. don't either. It's I, an amazing thing. Well, thank you for diving into it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of diving in, uh, this next week Nathan is going to be diving in. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm a hot seat. But here's the thing: I'm imagining the hot seat next week is just going to be me and Michael. Oh, I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. Got a grandbaby. We got a grandbaby due date. We'll uh, we'll it may see. it may just be me and Michael. We don't know yet. We'll we may, see. We may talk the, the latest movies. Yeah, yeah. we may talk yeah. about a lot of things. No, but, right, uh, right, right. No, no I, it'll be good. I'm yeah, I'm excited. You. It'll be yeah after last one. I'm I'm getting around to I like the hot seat a little bit. Yeah. It's oh, fun. That's great. So, that's great. You do great. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm enjoying it. Well, hey, we thank you guys for tuning in for another week, and uh, we're having fun and love doing this. So uh, uh, if you have any questions, again, stop us on a Sunday. Share it with your friends. Get more people listening. Just get in on the conversation. It's yeah, email us if you want us to dig. Yeah, if there's any anything section. you want to know, email us. You can any one of us. You just put our first names in front of at coppellbible.org. We made it as simple as you yeah. possibly could because that way we could remember them. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's for us. It's huh? really for us, not for anybody else. That's but right. uh, well, we hope you guys have a great rest of the week and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on Sunday. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the Second Course Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the discussion. If you'd like more information about Coppell Bible Fellowship, you can check us out at coppellbible.org or email us at info at coppellbible.org. However, the best way to get to know our church is to join us on Sunday at 9 or 1045 a.m. We would love to see you.